Hi, and welcome to The Imperfect Brand. This is the podcast that listens to people just like you talk about their experience running remarkable businesses just like yours, so that we can all benefit from the sort of relevant and hard-won knowledge that makes all the difference. I'm Ben Catley-Richardson, your host. This is episode one, and it's also the first ever podcast I'm host- I've hosted. There we go. I've started off imperfectly. That's brilliant. Luckily, I am joined by the ever-friendly and interesting Glenn Thurgood. Glenn is a former athlete and professional performance coach, and he's also co-founder of Training Shed. Training Shed started in 2013 in Market Harbour, and it started as a fitness and gym business, but quite quickly it started to look beyond the regular gym experience to emphasise the individual health and wellness goals that people have and how those people could be helped to understand their own bodily needs and how they work in order to achieve those goals. So uh, Glenn is now the director of Wellonomics as well, which is an online assessment and development platform for well-being-led performance. So hi, Glenn, thanks very much for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the, uh, for the invite. And I'm completely humbled and honoured to be the first guest. So uh, <laughs> let's, hope, let's hope I don't mess it up too much and you get a second one. <laughs> well, that's OK. Yeah, I think uh, we'll, we'll both try that. You know, we'll both try and make it as, as perfect as possible. Um, so the question I actually was going to open with is, I've never asked you this before, but what actually was your athletic discipline? Um, well, I started off a long, long, long time ago as a high jumper. Um, when I was a youngster, but I actually went to athletics to get fit for football. Um, and then kind of, I think the first night they made us run around the track four times. And I thought, oh, I do enough of that in football. So I gravitated towards high jump, which basically meant I had eight steps to the bar. Happened to be good, um, naturally good. Um, managed to get to being ranked number one in the UK as a kid. Got moved around a bit, but I wasn't good enough to be a phenomenal high jumper. So I was a good level, but then... Uh, sort of dabbled a bit in decathlon um, and uh, yeah, just had a kind of a jack of all trades, master of none, I guess, is where you'd go with that. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and, um, and you moved into training shed after you'd had sort of an unfortunate experience in, in athletics. No, no, no. So although you've missed, you've skipped 15 years, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to give you 15 years worth now. So don't worry about not that. Not right now. But, uh, but in a nutshell, yeah, I spent three years in the city after I got injured and, you know, did my degrees and stuff and kind of worked in advertising, would you believe? Um, and uh, didn't really like it. So then started coaching and doing things like personal training. Um, did that for a bit, owned a business, ended up in sports. Um, and effectively spent 10 years working under some of the world's best coaches, did my degree, my master's, sold 2 million books worldwide on different subjects for Dawn and Kindersley, all sorts of things. So kind of got jack of all, master of none. <laughs> um, but yeah, worked as a performance director under people like Sven-Goran Eriksson and Neil Back and people like that. So loved it. Loved the competitive element. It's the second best place for a failed athlete, that's for sure. However... Um, you know, it kind of, you get pulled pillar to post because, you know, you get let go when the team doesn't do so well, even though you might have done the best job that you possibly can. So um, effectively, you know, I kind of got a bit fed up with that. Um, and then I, my biggest mantra, which people will say will be on my headstone when I die, is control the controllables, which I think is very pertinent right now during the pandemic. Um, but essentially, I can only control what I do. So stupidly or unstupidly I started my own business and um, let's just say it's been the biggest challenge of my life 
but seven years on, I feel like I've got control of everything. Um, not everything, sorry, but I feel like I'm in control of everything. So two different things. Um, and uh, yeah, essentially I've put in everything that I've learned as an athlete, as a coach into my business practice. And the fundamental thing that connects everything is it's all about people. And if you get that bit, you'll get your business right. So, you know, it's been a been a whirlwind journey. Everything has its part in my history, but hopefully that's only going to make it better as we go forwards. And I think that's really pertinent because, you know, you say everything has its part in your history. And the reason I wanted to start this podcast, the reason, you know, I've got people like you to talk to is because I think what's lacking out there is people talking about that sort of benefit of the history and the experience that they've been through and the fact that we're all there trying to achieve something maybe trying to be perfect trying to be too perfect trying to do something without failing and one of the reasons I started this podcast is because I really believe that learning is just failing in the right direction and that if we can look at it like that that's it that's that's how we're going to get somewhere totally and it doesn't matter you know, I probably shouldn't name any of the companies, but I've had jobs where I've done things and I, and I was just like, what am I doing? Why, why am I doing this? However, on reflection now, which is something that coaches do quite a lot. And obviously, you know, as an athletic person, you kind of always look at your performances and it's a lot easier to look back from a distance than it is from like literally 10 minutes ago. So, you know, when you sit there and you think, well, how the hell did I get to where I am now? And then you kind of, these little nuggets kind of just pop into your head every now and then you get, oh God, yeah, I remember when that happened that's how I reacted to that. Would I do that like that now? Maybe, maybe not. But you know, there's, there's things, you know, I've had some horrendous jobs and uh, some horrendous bosses and horrendous management systems and stuff. And I'm like, nah, I can't do that. That's not me. I can't exist in those, in those places. And that's why I don't work in sports because I'm, you know, as a coach, I'm not in control of my employment, which is crazy because, you know, I've, every time I've been at a club, we've won everything. Every time I've, done my job the players have been in the best physical shape and you know there's countless things that I've done in my past you know to affect other people's performance but yet I get judged by something that I'm not in control of totally so you do your bit and your part you know, and that's the thing is this business and everything is all about collaboration isn't it it's about people coming together and doing something for the greater good in my opinion that's what I want to be involved in um you know when you do that in a sporting setting and you know, one minute you throw, and Van Tam used it the other day in a in a press conference. He said, "We're like it's three nil. We're three nil down. Oh, we're three nil up. Sorry, and it's half time, and we've got to all be sensible and whatever. You know, because we can still lose this four three. Well, I've lost four three. I've been three nil up at half time against Hereford when I was working for Northampton, and we lost four three. And guess what? The manager got sacked the next day." And I almost got sacked. And it's just like, so when he said that, I was rolling about on the floor laughing because I know how that feels. I've actually experienced that 4-3. And, you know, nothing's ever nailed on. Um, you know, you're always learning. You're always trying to move to the next thing. There's no such thing as perfection, but you can always strive to be better. And, you know, that's what you learn as an athlete. Even, you know, Usain Bolt gets a world record, you know, maybe he did stop and maybe he could have gone further, but most athletic people or most, most competitive people are never satisfied when they arrive. And that's one of the other most important things is to enjoy the journey, which I'm a lot better at doing now, because if you just go on outcome-based measurements, when you get there, you always sit and reflect on it. Five minutes later, I'm going, right, how do I do this better? And that's what athletics people do. You know, they throw a javelin 80 meters and they go, right, how do I throw it 81? How do, how do I jump over two meters? How do I do 201? 
you know, and, and that's really for me, that's what business is. And that's where my sporting background and my professional coaching background has been really applicable to business because it's the same. It's, it's the same principles and the same foundations that make up business's competition, isn't it? That's what it is. Yeah, and I think that structure of, of the coach and the, uh, the athlete, that idea of, of the coach having been there, experienced it, had those failures, had those experiences that have taught them um, a lot that they can then impart upon the athlete as they begin their journey. You know, it's almost like you're, you're powering people up with your own knowledge and experience. And that was my goal for this. So one, what I wanted to start off with, our first sort of task today, was to talk about failure and the fact that, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect brand. There's no such thing as a perfect career. So let's go back into your history and you can tell me about your imperfect moment and what that really taught you and how you, how you learned from it. And, and, you know, you did throw that extra mile or, you know, you went that extra little distance. Well, our imperfect moment almost was very, very recent very recent so it's fresh in my memory and we've talked about it as a as a company as a team and um essentially what what we've been doing during the pandemic is pivoting like a ballerina on pre-workout i mean dizzy is not the um adjective i'd use to describe my current state but i'm slowing down and i'm, I'm more focused now but we've you know we had an awful time and you know like a lot of unfortunate gym businesses i think still to come are gonna have to close so we lost two through something i couldn't control greedy landlords and all that sort of stuff and so you know to exist and to carry on you only you only you only lose when you stop or if you choose to um, either you fail which is okay or you throw in the towel which I will never do and so we pivoted and we pivoted to an online platform as you know called my shed which is essentially the training shed in your pocket um, and that essentially gives us a wider reach because apps as you know are global we can, you know, can look after anybody anywhere in the world, and we do, and we currently do, and we, we you know, fingers crossed, we're going to look after a lot more people because a physical setting is restrictive, is restrictive to a catchment area. So it's a bit of a kind of a eureka moment when you sort of think, well, hang on a minute, we've been doing all this good stuff in this local area, but to reach more, this was the obvious answer. But we hadn't arrived at that, but the pandemic forced us to arrive at that. So the problem was is that you develop an app and you go, this is brilliant. We can reach everybody, can reach everyone. And you forget the thing that you were good at. And the thing that we are good at at the training shed, especially when you're in a training shed, is people creating bonds, creating motivation, creating um, kind of networks of, of kind of trust and belief and motivation and all those good things that all the brilliant PTs out there in the world do. But how do you create that on a mass scale? And we, we, we messed up. We, we put everything in the shed, stuck it on an app and went, there you go, have it. And we completely removed away the USP. And the whole reason that I started this business in the first place is to give people careers, to give people stable jobs, not like the ones I had in sports. You know, and we basically took all of our lovely content and fancy dangled classes and all that stuff. And we whacked it on an app and went, bosh, there you go. Um, and just removed our USP us our people and so we came up with this thing called shed 66 and as you know 66 days to create habit and we were like yeah this is it we've solved it it's brilliant you know we're going to do shed 66 we're going to sell it as a product because everybody's going to want it and uh so we spent most of christmas and two of two of um our senior management team well one of my co-founder directors jack 
brand director, and Alexa, who is our lead coach. She's unbelievable, fantastic. Because um, we are the way we are. They're, by the way, they're two. One's an ex-professional footballer and one's an ex-professional um, rugby player. Similar mentality. Um, so that's easy for them to talk to them. But during Christmas, lockdown, I mean, once you've watched Back to the Future and the BFG, there's not much left to do, is there? So these two, unbeknownst to me, were, were bloody working throughout the Christmas and New Year thing on this Shed 66 product. So they went off and did their own thing because they were like, we've got to do this better. We've got to do this. And there was, let's be honest, nothing else to do. So they, they, they did it. They created this thing. And we came back, first board meeting back and went, we're launching Shed 66. And we went, oh, this is amazing. This is fantastic. But there was a price point to it of 66 quid. And we sat there and we went, okay, do you think that's going to work? And we kind of convinced ourselves, because we'd taken away the best thing, we kind of convinced ourselves that to put that back and charge for it, that's a winner. That is an absolute winner. And we, we sat there and just, you could feel in the board meeting, you could just feel that people just, yeah, that's good, but weren't quite on board with it. But we went with it because it was straight back into the new year. Let's go hit the ground running, all that, you know, stuff that you say. And, uh, you know, we were keen to get going and we, you know, we thought we cracked it. And uh, we, we kind of launched it. <laughs> and, and it went out there but 24 hours later we canned it and that is that's where the revelation came of like you know we went back to our you know our brand ethos of things wholeness of why do we do it what is our purpose why are we here and it's always been there um and it's about achieving a better quality of life it's about health and well-being making it simple it's about balance it's about wholeness for everyone but it's about connecting with people. And in a pandemic, the worst thing ever is that we cannot see people. I can see you, but I can't see you. And so, you know, that is the biggest thing right now. And people are struggling. Everyone's struggling. Everyone struggled at some point uh, in the last 12 months. And so, you know, we had this Shed 66 product and we put this massive barrier in the way of 66 quid, which, by the way, is not a lot of money for what you get, but it's a barrier. And, you know, there's lots of things going on. We didn't take into consideration all of the kind of pest things, you know, political, economical stuff that you should be an analysing before you release a product. And um, because we panicked, we kind of went with it. But suffice to say, I'm pleased to say, it only took us 24 hours to go back to our core values and say, what are we doing? And measuring it against that. And then that's when we just went, pull it now. This is not right. And we did. So that was our biggest mistake. But what I'm pleased to say is that it only took us 24 hours, probably a bit longer than that, but from point of launch, because it was launched, and we did have some people sign up to it, which we, we obviously refunded. Um, but it took us 24 hours to go, no, this doesn't fit properly. So we rushed things. We, you know, things happened because of pandemic, because of, you know, situation that was going on. Two great people, great minds coming together, developing something on the side, come back oh that's a great answer well that's an answer to a problem that we that we know we had let's do it launch it bosh and we and we rushed it but 24 hours later we changed it and if you were going to sort of pass along to people like a nugget of um of shared you know hard-won experience in that moment how would you help people to um to learn from that and and essentially to avoid if you like that, that haste, that hurry that you were in. It's, it's tricky because 
we've actually brought someone into our board meetings now and at the end of the meeting we um so the main thing is not to rush it and the way that we kind of so but it's, it's easy to say isn't it because you get swept up in the moment and you kind of want to support your colleagues and look i couldn't wish to work with a better group of people you've met you know most of them and stuff and they're just we're we're all on the same personal mission which is our collective company mission and you know there's many more people out there like that but so it's very easy to kind of go yeah i support you yes i do but in the board meeting like i said straight up to christmas first meeting back you could just tell and i think we put it down to a bit of post christmas blues or not even post christmas but almost like pandemic oh here we go again it's not got any better this is going to get tough and i think everybody was just sat in the meeting and just kind of went well it's a solution so we'll go with it and we didn't evaluate it but you could tell that people weren't happy not 100% anyway they were happy but they weren't like not our normal you know kind of like yeah let's do it come on <laughs> and all that sort of high five and stuff um not that we do that but um essentially what we've done now is we've put in this measurement tool within the board meetings which you trust me we've had some good arguments about it but construct not arguments constructive dis discussion should we say and so what what um will our finance director put in place was this this um this system whereby at the end of the board meeting we have to we have to give it a score out of 10 and um and i thought he by the way i thought he'd read this in some kind of like harvard management book or something but he said right no one's allowed to give it a seven by the way he that's a personal thing from him but the problem with me is the difference between a six and an eight is massive so we've changed this as well by the way uh, twice but um but you could be put this scoring system in and at the end of the end of the meeting what would happen you go around the room and you say right how do you feel that meeting went Bernie? you go yeah that was i was all right with that. that was good that was an eight you know and that's how we do it now and so so what that does is it flags up whether somebody is unhappy because if we go around the room and we get you know 10 eights and we get one six guess what happens next the person that has a six tells us why it's a six and then we discuss why it's a six and why we need to to upset so it's basically about making sure that everybody is happy because everybody has a point whether it's the ceo me or whether it's the the blooming tea boy right not that we've got one of those we have to get our own teeth but you know and we would never have a tea boy but effectively you know it doesn't matter who you are and what rank you are in that organization everybody has a valid point and as you said about career and life you know i'm a product of my 40 odd years plus on the planet and i've had you know different experiences to you but it that's the that's the good thing about getting people together is that everybody has come from a different journey so everybody has a valid reason and opportunity to speak in our business because i don't i really don't care whether you are an experienced person or fresh out of university or not even been to university if if you've got something to say say it because it you should never hold anything back especially when it's about business and about you know because everybody you know we're, we're we're delivering a product to the world and god for i hope there are not many more of me out there but everybody is different and so you know that's what we that's what you need to do you need to understand it from every single point possible so that meeting after christmas knew everybody wasn't happy but we went with it but we're that good and close as a team and aligned to our brand ethos you know and our values that we recognized it and sunday night ben we were on the phone to each other going this is not right this is not right and we canned it there and then refunded everybody um we actually made it free 
So it got really good for the customer. So the Shed 66 that was 66 quid is now part of your 9.99 a month membership. And the results are phenomenal. And there is no barrier to the customer because our wholeness of why we do it, right, is all about wholeness for everyone. Don't put barriers in place, not 66 pound barriers anyway. So health and well-being needs to be simple. So ours is really simple because it costs you 9.99 and it gets even better than that. We actually have a money back guarantee now. So you can do three payments of 9.99. And if you do not change in your health and well-being, we'll give you a 30 quid back. There are no barriers. And that obviously connects to your your aim to educate and act as an agent of change with people and help them to move along their own personal journeys. And I'm just thinking about what you said, that when you moved straight on to um, being an online, a, a shed in your pocket approach, that you feel like you lost that personalised, that real human kind of connection. And looking back now, and obviously that boardroom measurement that you've got now is a really great way to avoid you know, errors and, and hasty kind of decisions in the future. Um, how do you think you would do the move to a shed in your pocket differently now, having gone through that experience and having taken that learning on? Well, it's really, it's a difficult one because of obviously it was, you know, everyone's been through this. The pandemic has forced it. So it's not been normal working conditions, although one could argue now that that is normal <laughs> and it's going to be normal for a while. Um, but, you know, I think, I think it for us, being honest, I think it was just a, a process of Christmas Two highly intelligent people that were a bit bored at Christmas that just are on that mission and just one phone the other, the other phone the other. And the next thing you know, they've just gone bosh. So in a, t in a normal time, they would be absolutely on holiday. But let's face it, no one's had a holiday <laughs> and and there's only so much tv and netflix you can watch i mean we always joke about saying oh yeah i've completed netflix twice or something you know but there, there really isn't you know because you can go out and train and as we advocate you know don't make health and fitness your uh, your life but you know make it part of your lifestyle so you know our guys we we live that you know we all like a glass of wine and some chocolate and stuff like that but and so when we so you can only train for an hour Maybe if you go out on a long bike ride or a family walk or something, it might go out for three hours, but that still leaves 21 hours in the day. So, you know, unfortunately, we're very highly motivated people that are on a mission, a collective mission. Um, when one gets bored and the other one phones the other one, you can see that. And that's just what happens in our business anyway. But I think I don't think it would have ever happened any other way, if I'm being honest. So it's not really a case of how would we do it differently? Because I think we would do it differently in, the, in the, the problem was caused by something that is not normal. And so I think when we all, and this is a, one of our problems, I guess at the moment is that we're, none of us are together, bring on the April the 12th when the gym's open. But unfortunately, because we had to close two facilities, our actual, our actual physical office has gone. So we are a work from home company. So this is me, this is where I live. This is where I work. Um, and until we, go to a point where we get a new office this is our way of working so I'd absolutely love to have sat in a room with our guys um you know and kind of talked it over whiteboarded it out like stuff that you like doing I can't do it unless it's on a whiteboard you know um and just done it in a process a more managed process way um which I think we didn't have primarily because of the Christmas holiday people just you know not a lot going on um, but also the fact that the pandemic has forced us to move.
probably faster than that. It's a bit like the Roadrunner cartoons, you know, your legs are going there and your head's still back there somewhere. And in so, fact, that um, that learning, if you like, was was really directed towards the idea that um, things might not have changed in terms of the individual working and the, and the schemes, if you like, that people would have come up with. But when you returned it to the business and when you started making those decisions, the really important decisions, now you've got that understanding that, especially with remote boardroom meetings, you need to have a sense that everybody's on the same page and everybody's willing to move in the same direction. And you've taken that on board, that measurement is now going to help you really you know, run a rule over everything that you think about doing in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's down to, you know, we're big process people and, you know, Will, Will our, our FD, Will Gooch, he, he swallowed a book in a week and then made me swallow the same book in a week. And uh, I've never read a book that quickly, but it was all about business processes, business, you know, structures and all that sort of stuff. And it was about trying to, because we always used to do stuff well, but it was in a different environment, but, um, you know, which everyone's had to adapt to, but we've kind of got really good processes and practices now to ensure that we don't have another Shed 66 moment, you know, um, because it's okay to, to fail or to, but you've got to learn from your failures. You've got to put things in place. And, you know, we're a young business, you know, it's, uh, we're only seven years old, which is young. We've done the good bit and survived the first three years, which is where most businesses go pop. But we've, you know, we were on a really, really good trajectory come this time last year. And we've had to adapt to get ourselves into a position now where, you know, we are a completely different business and we're a massively more, um, what should we say? So we've got a wider um, kind of um, portfolio of products, actually portfolio of businesses. So we've gone from this time last year of having four facilities and one business to having um, one facility and five businesses. <laughs> so it's just like I mean it's like the pivot of all pivots I think because I don't know how we've managed to do it but it's because of the energy and the processes that we've put in place but and to to run that requires what we've had to put in place and all the learnings along the way so you know some people say well how the, how the heck do you keep up with all of that actually it's quite easy because we're in this together all of us and we've put processes in place and measurements in place and we do the scores at the end of board meetings and stuff you know and look don't get me wrong somebody did did give it a six the other day we spent half an hour discussing why it was a six but when we got off the call everybody was going in the same direction and we didn't make a mistake so you know it's it's not a perfect plan but it's definitely more perfect than what we had before and thinking about adapting for a for a sort of added question looking forward now so we've already looked back if you're looking forward now what's the biggest challenge that you as a business are facing at the moment and, and how do you even begin to go about tackling that challenge? Well, I think we have got, we're, I think we're living on borrowed time to maintain this current working style and practice. And I'm not saying that we're gonna rush out and buy an office tomorrow, cause we're not um, for lots of reasons and pandemic being one of them, nobody, you know, why would you? Um, it's kind of one of those, but. I enjoy spending time with my team. They enjoy spending time, you know, with each other and we have great conversations and that's where the creativity comes out because, you know, you're just having a coffee, you're just chatting. So yeah, I, we'd all go back to an office tomorrow, especially those of us that have got kids and you know, thank God for the 8th of March. That's all I can say about that. Um, but you know, it's, and it's been tough on people and 
you know, I think people need to disconnect from their home life. It's, you know, everybody, you know, before the pandemic, it was always that, oh, working from home on Friday, are you? Which is code for I'm having a day off, you know, and all the people that work in London that go on the train and work from home on a Friday in the coffee shop at 10 o'clock in the morning, you're like, oh, getting a lot of work done, are you? Um, so, you know, people were trying to transition to a different working style. And I think we've got to be mindful of that and aware of it in what we do next and how we do that. Because no, I do not think it's good to be in the office five days a week. I actually don't. I don't think it is, you know, pertinent to progress or, you know, just good mental health or anything. So th th there has to be a hybrid solution going forwards. But then when you look at the cost of offices, you know, they're not going to let you have an office for three days a week and pay three days a week, are they? So, you know, the cost is not going to change for a business. So, so you know, you've got to you've got to weigh all these things up. But absolutely, people need to be with people, and nothing more so than than with our guys. So, you know, and for us to grow and with the businesses that we've got and you know the people that we've got, for us to go forward, we need to add more people. Well. You know, I did sit on a NHS Zoom call the other day because we're doing some projects with them, and there was 75 people on the bloody Zoom call. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if half of them were were there or not. But that's the point: is you know, if you've got, if you're a growing company, you know, we're, we're fortunate that we're small enough that Zoom calls aren't too bad. But you know, if you've got 50 people on a Zoom call, which is not uncommon in these large companies, I mean, how does everybody get heard? At least in a meeting you get that eye contact and you get that physical presence where you go, oh, so-and-so wants to speak. So, you know, you can't all just sit there tapping the hand up button on Zoom because it's just it's just not, it's not how I would like to do it. So I think going forward, we are growing. We are growing rapidly. We have an amazing plan. We have great partners that, you know, again, we want to sit down with partners. So, you know, can't invite them all around my house for a cup of tea because one, it's against the law and two, my wife might get a bit upset with all the cups I've got to wash up. But we've, we, you know, how do we bring people together on mass? And that's yeah, I mean the, that's a massive challenge, isn't it? It's going to be huge. I mean, we've got we've got a kind of an idea of a solution in our head, because um, it's about health and well-being. And we were fortunate enough that during the pandemic, because of the rule of six, we all managed to go off to the Peak District, and we got our six senior management team together. It was lovely. It was amazing. You know, we had a few played a few games, did a few whiteboard sessions chatted got to know each other got away from where we've been spending you know seven days a week 24 hours a day you know sitting in your kitchen or your office or wherever you were working um and it was refreshing and i felt a million dollars when i came back from it so part of what we think we might do well not think we are doing i'm just waiting um to see how things play out over the next few weeks but the first thing we're going to do is go away for three days take everybody away um, and we'll go somewhere where, wherever we can get to. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's at the end of the road. It just needs to be somewhere different. Um, but we need to be together because businesses can't function without people and people need relationships. And to do that, you've got to be, you know, you can't do that presume. You can't. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Glenn, that was fantastic. Thank you very much. I think you've made the, uh, the first podcast one to hope to repeat. <laughs> as well as it's gone um I've, I've just thought it was really fantastic how much you can open up and i think one of the things i was worried about with this podcast was that people would be unwilling to talk about failures or mistakes they've made but i think certainly you've immediately shown that it's only by doing that that we can share the knowledge that we've gained and that hopefully other people can hear it and have a little light bulb moment and go oh my god 
that's just a little bit of knowledge that I needed to, you know, to make that incremental step forwards. So thank you ever so much. Really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Take care. Thanks very much. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. So thank you for listening to the first episode of The Imperfect Brand, which was, in my eyes, perfectly imperfect as, a, as an opening episode. Um, the reason I started this is because I think out there there's a gap for podcasts or even just content uh, in general that talks from the position of normal day-to-day business people like you and I about the normal day-to-day challenges that we face and about the mistakes that we've made and the lessons that we've learned and the distance that we've travelled, the experiences that we've had. And I see it as hopefully a way of powering up anybody else who's about to face those challenges or who might fall into those pitfalls. And hopefully by listening to this podcast, you'll get inspiration and understanding and positivity. The belief that nobody's got a perfect career Nobody's got a perfect brand. Nobody has a perfect business. And realising that, realising that being imperfect is the best way to be, that you're continually learning and and growing. If you can realise that now, I think it puts you in a very, very good position for for going forwards. So um, I'm Ben Catley-Richardson and I work as the strategic partner with BrandClear and we are the only brand specialists who make it easy for you to deliver your long-term business objectives. And I'm going to leave the podcast, I'm going to finish the podcast with a word that has got me through 2020 and all the challenges that we faced and is continuing to get me through 2021 and all the opportunities that we're going to go for in the future. And um, it's my favourite word at the moment. I'm going to leave you to look it up. Forza! Forza, everybody, and see you next time.